There are few things in the English language that evoke such strong emotions or recollections as a simple four-letter word and the theme for this Christmas service, home. If you say to someone, the word home, whose parents maybe neglected them or abused them, then you're going to have to brace yourself for stories of hurt and horror or maybe anger and even absence. If you talk about the word home to those who are lonely, maybe somebody who always wanted a spouse and kids scurrying underfoot, but maybe life never worked out that way for them. Or talk about home with somebody who's lost a loved one over this past year and is painfully aware of the empty echo in the hallways of their home. Then you better prepare yourself for conversations about evaporated hopes and unfulfilled dreams. If you talk about home to any of the 8 million Ukrainian refugees who've been displaced from their home, then you better be ready for silent tears and sobs of despair that are very understandable at this time of year. Please continue praying for peace around our world. However, if you mention it to someone with reasonably high-functioning parents, reasonably sane siblings, then you better have some time on your hands because everyone has some heartwarming stories to tell you about growing up in a home like that. And the truth is, regardless of the health of the home that you and I grew up in, uh, we all know, we all sense deep down within us what a home could be and probably what a home should be. Every person understands the potential that resides in the idea of a home, and God made sure of that. He imprints it on our hearts. Home is where we experience a deep sense of belonging, of safety, and protection from the world. Home is where we're loved irrationally, where we're accepted unconditionally, where we should be forgiven totally when we confess our wrongs to one another. Home is where everyone is for you every day in every circumstance of life. You see, there's this powerful human yearning for this real sense of home that exists within all of us, no exceptions, because God has hardwired you that way. Now, in Luke chapter 2, on that night that Jesus was born, an angel announces to the people good news of great joy for all people. That means it's news for everybody in the human race, whether you're single or married, whether you're a widow or an orphan, whether you are a homeowner or homeless. And so we want to talk about what was that universally good news exactly, good news for all people, that this Christmas child in a feeding trough would grow up and make possible for anyone and everyone on the planet to have a home in relationship with God as a father. That through Jesus' miraculous birth, his sinless life, his sacrificial death on a cross for our sins, and his victorious resurrection, that this door has swung wide open, this door to this grand home, so that even if you feel like you are the least deserving 
that God's love for you is unswerving, that you can be reconciled to God and experience all those incredible feelings of home in relationship with God as your heavenly Father. And I know, I know it's hard sometimes for skeptics to believe, but it's true nonetheless that you can feel a deep sense of belonging to God, irrational amounts of love that pours down to us from heaven to our hearts, unconditional acceptance and forgiveness coming from the one who took, his, took our place on the cross, and a powerful sense of God being with us, because that's what Jesus' name, Emmanuel, means, God with us, God who is for us, even as you navigate the challenges of your daily lives. So in a very real way, we all can experience the riches and the blessings of home in relationship with God by putting our trust and our life into His hands, the one who came as a child at Christmas. Now, one day, Jesus is trying to drive this point home for people who are kind of following him around, for his listeners, and so he tells a story that many people would consider one of the most memorable and emotional stories of the New Testament. In Luke chapter 15, a story that has echoes in Victor's life, there's this headstrong young man who decides that he's going to blow out the back door of his father's home with his bags packed full of his dad's money. And so, He's thoroughly convinced that what's waiting for him out there in the big city is so much better than hanging around this lousy home for one more day. And so when he gets to the big city, he tries everything, he buys everything that his heart desires, and over time, he finds himself wallowing in the literal muck of pigs and the existential muck of life. And there's this sickening feeling in the pit of his stomach that no amount of partying or pleasure-seeking is going to soothe this growing ache of loneliness and emptiness in the depths of his soul. As Jesus tells the story, he makes this very clever observation about human nature and human need. In verse 17, it says, but when he came to his senses, I love that phrase. That is this amazing observation Jesus makes that one day this this young man wakes up and just comes to his senses. There's a picture of a man who's hungry and hungover, and all of a sudden he realizes, this is not working for me, which is a pretty huge admission for a headstrong young man. And he reasons, more of this life, more of this lifestyle is not taking me where I really want to go. And so this thought comes crashing into his conscious home was better than this. It wasn't perfect, but definitely beats this. And so you can imagine this shift in his perspective as emotions are stirred up in his heart. I was loved back home. I was listened to. I was valued back home. There was a sense of stability and belonging back home. Maybe I could swallow my pride and go home. And so he does. And along the way, he is marching towards his father's home, rehearsing this apology in his mind uh, that he's going to repent of his sin before God and before his dad, that I've not been a good son. Maybe you could accept me simply as a, hire me as an employee. And for those of you who are familiar with this story, how does the story end? 
How does the dad respond? Verse 20, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. And it's not a coincidence. He didn't happen to be just standing outside on that hill one day. But the picture there from the way that Jesus tells the story is that this father has been out there day after day after day watching, waiting, that it wasn't just a happy accident, but he's been standing outside daily till he finally sees from a far distance this son of his. And he forgets all the stuffy social rules and traditions about being a dignified Middle Eastern father who's supposed to wait to be approached by those who are younger than him. No, instead, he's the kind of dad that runs towards this son, and before his son can even spit out the words to recite his apology, uh, the speech that he prepared, his dad is weeping with joy over him, covering him, it says, embracing him with hugs and kisses that we all need from a dad at times. And walking with his arm around his son to welcome him back home, where he throws a huge celebration for him. It's such a different picture of what family and home looks like that many of us grew up in. We expect condemnation or, or a lecture for all the things we've done wrong. But this father, this ancient Near East cultured conservative father, religious father, gives him what? Grace. This is what home looks like. Where instead of giving people what they deserve, We're given what we need, a heaping dose of acceptance, forgiveness, kindness. This is the grace of a home. And when Jesus finishes telling this story, this story of a child who has come home, you can imagine him standing there, arms opened wide to his listeners, asking if any of them want to come home to God as a father. What about you? How do you need to come to your senses? How do you need to come home to Jesus today? Perhaps some of you need to evaluate your current situation and direction in life. Is it working for you right now? Does it address the inner needs of the human soul, the way that you're living? Is it taking you where you really want to go? Because The Christmas story, it reveals how Jesus left his home, came to earth, and he asks us, is it time for you to come home to your heavenly Father? Can you come to your senses and swallow your pride this Christmas? Because what awaits you in relationship with him in his home is infinitely better than what we have right now. Or perhaps you've turned your back on God because you've been hurt by a church. A lot of churches do stupid things. Or you've been hurt by other Christians who it turns out are just broken, messed up people just like us who need Jesus' transformation just like us. And Jesus is inviting you to come home to a perfect dad where imperfect people like you and me are welcome so that we can get the help and the hope we need to change and experience genuine, radical love, acceptance, value, and care. 
Maybe for some of you, your life has been chasing a prize that's always just out of reach for you, driven by a need to prove yourself, by your performance or your success, by your earning power, by the milestones that you've achieved in this life that everyone is supposed to accomplish. And yet you've sacrificed friends and family, home, relationships, including perhaps the most significant one of all with Jesus. Is it time for you to come home? Maybe your marriage or your family is a wreck. Even as you drove in here this morning or walked here this morning, there was a huge blow-up of an argument. You feel like, how am I supposed to worship Jesus after that? But we find that Christmas is the perfect time of year that if there's brokenness in your home, that we can come and ask God for help. That around our church, a lot of families and a lot of relationships get reconciled around Christmas. And perhaps it's because of the biblical account of God's grace and His peace coming to earth through Jesus that people decide to stop fighting around Christmas because the Prince of Peace has come. And so a lot of followers of Jesus start to ask, can we try again? Can we move on from this? And so if you need some reconciliation in your home this morning, I'm pleading with you, would you take that first step and like the father in this story, extend your hand and say, I'm sorry, let's try again. And even if the other person doesn't respond, maybe that you would be the first one to forgive, even without an apology from the other person, to bless people with what they need instead of what you think they deserve. Because we call that what? And maybe let the grace of Christ do its work. I want to challenge you. Maybe see what God can do. He might surprise you. Some of you, you've been knocked down by bad news recently. Perhaps you've stood around a hospital bed with a loved one. Or you've been in one this past year. Wondering, what is my future and my hope going to look like? Or... I've made such a mess of my life, I wonder if God, if this heavenly dad could possibly still love me in some way. You see, the coming of Christ on Christmas is a strong, comforting hand extended out to us, strong enough to pull us out of the mess and the mud that we we put ourselves in, strong enough to carry us when we are crippled or broken by life's pain, strong enough to carry us home. And it's an invitation to one and all, if you'll just take his hand this morning, you can come home. And some of us, we've been fending off Jesus our entire lives. We are strong-willed and hard-headed, just like me, just like this young man in the story that Jesus told. But lately, you've come to your senses. There's this deep conviction that perhaps it's time for you to come home. Some of you have been in a relationship with God years ago but where you felt a sense of belonging and acceptance, but then you walked away from that. And perhaps you wonder if you can come back home. And some of you, I know, grew up in different faith traditions, but you're feeling the unique sense of the work of God that maybe Christianity is true, that Jesus is exactly who he says he is, and he did exactly what he claims to do, paying for the sins of the world, reconciling anyone to God so that we can truly experience life and a home with Him. 
And so I want to challenge you this morning. Perhaps it's time for you to come home. If you place your trust in Jesus in any of these areas of life that we talked about, then we know that when Jesus died in our place for our sin and rose to be our Savior, that we're fully welcomed and accepted into God's family, into God's home, no questions asked, just as you are. And what he'll say to you is, welcome home to anyone and all. And so this morning's message is uh, painfully short, mercifully brief for you. But I'm going to pray for you this morning. But what I actually want is to give you the opportunity to have a conversation with God yourself. Because I guarantee you that you were not here on accident. God brought you here this morning because there's some part of you that God is calling home. And perhaps you already have a relationship with Jesus. He's graced your life with family and a home and with joy. This is the perfect time to give him thanks for that sense of belonging, for the irrational love that streams your way, for that ongoing forgiveness that he pours out to you. And I want to challenge those of you who are followers of Jesus to ask for additional wisdom and courage to create the richest sense of home that you possibly can with the days that remained in your one and only life asking Him to fill your home with ridiculous levels of belonging, irrational amounts of love, total acceptance and forgiveness, an absolute possible sense that everybody before everybody else in your home, cheering each other on through the challenges of life. And in so doing, you're gifting every person in your home with a treasure that money cannot buy that yields dividends for generations to come. So as we wrap up this morning, there's one other matter before we sing. This list of things, we talked about this story, and it's easy for us to say, well, of course, this story Jesus tells about this prodigal son, it's for guys like Pastor Josh who screwed up a lot in life. It's for guys like Victor who had this dramatic transformation, who had to be pulled out of the mud of pigs, just like um, the, this young man in the story. But we need to get honest with ourselves. That all of us, in comparison to the goodness of Jesus, are sinful, are needy, are desperate for something more in life. And so this morning, whatever, you're, whatever state you're in, perhaps you're joyful, perhaps you're sorrowful, per, probably a combination of both, but all these areas that we talked about, if there's areas of performance in your life, areas of your family and marriage that are struggling struggling with sin, whatever the case may be, if there is something that Jesus has lit a flame in you this morning, to place your trust in one area of life or in every area of your life to come home to Him to his, and to His Father. If so, I don't want to let this moment pass. I want to give ourselves a memorable and meaningful response to remind you in the days ahead. And so, you see that we have the Christ candle up here, a symbol of Jesus' coming at Christmas, a symbol of His family, His home for us. And if God has spoken to you in some way, inviting you to bring one area of your life or every area of your life before Him, to come home to Him, then we want to invite you to come up during the next couple of songs. And simply, you should have received a little tea light candle from the, the greeters once you came in. You can come in and light that candle from the Jesus candle 
And if, if the light of Christ is reigniting something in your heart, inviting you home in any area of life, then come and light that candle, place it next to the Christ candle, just as a gesture of coming home to Jesus again. Would you bow with me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the good news of Christmas, that there is something wonderful that happens around this time of year as we anticipated with bated breath the coming of Jesus. Good news for all the people. And we're reminded once again that it's not simply following a set of religious rules or traditions. It's not having the right mindset of theology. But there is a God in heaven who beckons us. And we can come home to your family simply by trusting in the work of your son Jesus. That's why he came. That is our hope. That is our fulfillment. And so, Lord, we ask this morning as we sit and think about our homes, our lives, help us to discern, give us eyes to see what's not working for us. Like the young man in this story didn't realize that there are things that we're doing, things that we're living that aren't taking us where we really want to go. Would you help us to come to our senses this morning? Would you help us to come home? And so we dedicate this time to you. And we ask that more than just lighting a candle and com coming forward and lighting a candle, that you would light something in our hearts and lives, something that was perhaps cold, that you're warming up and bringing to life. Something that was dead, that you're resurrecting, you're redeeming to life. So we honor you, we give thanks to you, we worship you this Christmas in Jesus' name.